Well, hey there. Welcome to the Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, your fellow Jesus follower who very much wants to grow in my prayer life and encourage others in their prayer lives too. Here on the Prayer Podcast, we learn what the Bible has to say about prayer, and then we apply it by actually praying. It's my privilege to join you on this prayer journey. Now, let's get to praying. Well, hey there. Welcome to this episode of The Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, and today we're taking a look at some words that Jesus spoke in the New Testament book of Mark. And these words teach us something very important about prayer. Ready? Let's dive in. Mark 11, verse 24. I'm going to read it from the NLT first off, but as I read, I want to encourage you to listen closely to these words, these words that Jesus spoke. What he says to us here about this critically important topic of prayer, it actually is of critical importance. So let's really listen. You listen while I read. And, you know, as believers, we know we need to pray. As Christians, we know that. We know that we pray in the hope that we're going to get our prayers answered. And we know that at times prayer can be overwhelming. And sometimes it seems like it's just not working for us. This makes it a blessing, an extra blessing that we have Jesus's words on prayer, on how to pray and what to pray all throughout the four gospels. So when we bump up against this, like the, the tension of the, the, the praying for, but don't have it yet, the right here and the not yet that is happening and isn't happening yet, we can go back to the Bible and see what it says about prayer. Mark 11, verse 24 from the NLT. These are words in red. Jesus spoke them. So this is in quotes. I tell you the truth. You can pray for anything. And if you believe that you'll receive it, it will be yours. So Jesus begins by saying, I tell you the truth. The very one who is the way, the truth, and the life starts us out by saying he's telling us the truth. He's not lying to us. This, this is something we all know, but at the same time, it's really great to circle back around to and remind ourselves, hey, he can't lie. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is telling me the truth about prayer. Start with belief. Dial it all the way back if you need to and remind yourself that Satan is lying to you, speaking in his native tongue as a liar when he tells you, that uh, God, God's not hearing you when you pray. He's not going to answer your prayers. No, 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 that's a lie. And we don't listen to a liar named Satan. We turn back to the word of God and we listen to and we believe and we heed the truth of the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. He starts out by saying, I tell you the truth. What comes to mind to you as you hear this verse and, and you try to grasp it, like try to reconcile it with unanswered prayers, because that's where where the rub is, if we're honest. It can be hard to be like, wait a minute, Jesus said, I can pray for anything. And if I believe that I've received it, it'll be mine. I prayed for this thing and I didn't get it. Like this is the real world process of reconciliation that we are doing regularly, if we're honest. And if we're not doing this, we may need to do it so that we can grow in our faith and be stretched. What comes to mind when you hear those words, when you try to reason this out? Is this just one of those things that's a really hard teaching? Some things in the Bible are a hard teaching. One of the disciples said that to Jesus. Lord, this is a hard teaching. 
Yep, sometimes we're going to run into that. They ran into it. They walked with him every day for three years. They saw him do miracles. He raised the dead. They saw things, and yet they could still say, this is a hard teaching. I have not seen anyone raised from the dead. I have not seen a blind person restored. I did not walk with Jesus seeing him in the flesh. And so, of course, I'm going to at times feel like these things in the Bible are hard teachings. You probably feel that way, too. It is just normal. Let's not make it unnormal. Let's normalize what's normal. We all deal with that. We don't need to pretend that we don't deal with that. And it's not my job to kind of try to pretty things up. The Lord is God. He does not need me or anybody else prettying something else up to make him look better. I hope that makes a little bit of sense. Okay, let's look at what is here in this verse versus what isn't here. I don't see a time frame. I see no time limit put on this. You know, Jesus didn't say immediately in 1.3 seconds after you say amen, it will be answered. He didn't say that. So maybe some prayers just simply aren't answered right away. That's, that's a possibility. I think as we read through, say, prophecy in the Old Testament, we can acknowledge that some of those things took a long time to be fulfilled as compared to when the prophecy was given. So the Lord, you know, he gave the prophecy, say, gave a prophecy to Jeremiah. Uh, That may have not been fulfilled until Jesus was born. Quite some time later, hundreds of years later, it's possible that sometimes our prayers are going to be answered, maybe just not yet. Yeah, for sure. That's a possibility. What about this? Is it possible that when we really want God's will, like we really want the will of the Lord, we want him to nix anything that is not his will. Sometimes is it possible that those prayers might get a no from God? Like I'm, I really, really, really want the will of God. I want anything that's not his will to just be gotten rid of and purged. And I'm asking for this thing, maybe in his sovereignty and in, in his great, broad, beautiful, perfect answer to the bigger prayer we prayed, that we would only want his will and only receive his will. Maybe he has to say no to some things that aren't his will. Also very much a possibility. Here's one more thought. What if our requests are too small at times? Like they're snack-sized. Regrettably, prayers like that, sometimes they don't take a lot of faith. And I mean regrettably because we're going to be in eternity with the Lord forever. And I do think it's going to be like, oh man, I could have prayed bigger. I don't think we're ever going to step into eternity and regret the big, bold, daring prayers we prayed. I really don't think so. Are we ever in the business of praying so big, so boldly that we move way outside of our comfort zone and even feel like we are presuming upon the Lord? Hmm. Should we even pray like that? Double, huh? Is that okay? And if so, how is that okay? Isn't that disrespectful and just out of line? These are things that we have to ponder as we really really take a hard look at prayer and really take an honest look at our own praying, our own prayer life. Mark 11, 24 is a powerful verse. Part of the reason it's so powerful is because we cannot make it fit into our finite, completely human minds. It just does not fit well. To believe this verse is totally true takes faith. That's hard to be super honest about because the first thing Jesus says to us here is, I tell you the truth. So why do we need so much faith to actually take Jesus at his word? 
Why do we need so much faith to actually believe that he's telling us the truth when he says, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours? Yep, this is a powerful verse indeed. It's also enormously challenging for us. If we believe it and we pray accordingly, there is life-changing stuff that will happen. Not might happen. Not, oh, I really hope so. Iffy, eh, maybe that could happen. Will happen. God's promises are no joke, and we need to take him at his word. Am I speaking too frankly? Does it seem like I'm speaking too broadly right now? Or am I speaking rightly according to the words penned on the pages of the Bible? The Bible is always going to be offensive. That's just the way it is. Sometimes those it offends are right here within the body of Christ. Sometimes the one it offends is me when I open it up and read it and realize Uh, I'm not applying this to my life. I'm not believing this. I forgot about this. I missed that. Yikes. Sometimes it's offensive. It will always be, broadly and overarchingly speaking, offensive. If you consider that for a couple of seconds, you'll know it's true. How else can it cut us asunder when we need it? If the Word of God is not offensive and offensively challenging, how else can it cut us asunder when we need it? Bringing conviction, maturing us, you know, getting us off the milk of the bottle and onto solid food, as it says in the New Testament. Sometimes our offense is what wakes us up. Sometimes when I'm offended, it's like cold water thrown in my face. Yes, a glass of cold water thrown in my face is offensive. And yes, sometimes I need to have that kind of offense to wake me up. It's startling able to wake me up out of even the deepest of slumbers. Is that really such a bad thing that the Bible does this for us? No, I don't think so. I think at times it's the best thing for us. It may be what we need most. Couldn't it be a very good thing when it does so in this area of prayer? You know, Satan does not want us praying as if this verse is true. He wants us wondering and questioning and doubting and eventually to stop praying. Or if we must continue to pray, do it by rote like you're following a checklist, but certainly not with any degree of faith or really dialed in this. He would prefer it if we had to pray, that we would pray in a way that we aren't even acknowledging what we're praying about. It's like so far in the back of our mind running back there that it's like driving to and from work. You know the route by heart. You don't really need to think about where you need to turn. It's pretty much automatic and even becomes sort of like a muscle memory kind of a thing. You ever been driving somewhere and you take the wrong route and you realize you're driving to work and it wasn't a work day? You were supposed to be going somewhere else? Satan would like us to pray like that where you snap out of it and realize, oh, I didn't even, I don't know how I got here. I drove to work and I meant to be driving to somewhere else. Satan would prefer it be like that. You snap out of it and go, oh, I didn't remember what I really prayed for. Well, now my time's all used up and I got to get on with my day. So, okay, oh, well, try again tomorrow. You know what? It's a good thing for us to be challenged at times to wake us up out of our slumber so we don't give Satan what he wants. He does not want us to pray like this verse is true. And Jesus wants us to pray like God hears us and answers us. We have got to pick a side here. Pick a side. Words in red spoken by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Those are the words we need to pay the most attention to. Those are the words we need to believe. The one who will return soon with two names, two names on his thigh, faithful and true. That's who said this. That's who said to us that we can pray. 
and we can receive. Jesus said these words to us, to you, to me about praying, and he meant it. He cannot unmean it 2,000 years later. That's not how things work in the kingdom of our God. We should believe what he said, believe it with everything we've got. Okay, here it is for you in the King James Version. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. We are to pray in belief, not in doubt, not in fear, but in belief. This is the truth spoken by the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. I mention that again because it's his name. It's who he is. And we need to know that when we come to him in believing prayer that is based on his word, he is the truth. Believe it and pray it. Your mountains, they will be moved. I'm going to pray now. Hope you'll join me as I pray for you and for myself. Lord, we come to you today in prayer, acknowledging that at times it is hard to make sense of unanswered prayers, but we will not look back and wonder and allow doubt to consume us, but rather we will look forward in faith and belief, and we will look up toward you. You who promised you are faithful, and you will never stop being faithful. We thank you for that. And we pray today choosing belief. No matter the size of the problem that we are bringing to you in prayer today, and you know every single listener and you know every single need that they have, every problem they're facing, we know that it can be moved into the heart of the sea with no trouble at all when you move and when you act in response to our prayers. I'm not aware of every individual need, Lord. I can't possibly know all the requests of everyone listening, but you are aware. You do know the deepest hurts, heartbreaks, needs, desires, hopes, and dreams in each one of their hearts. And so I come boldly to ask very daringly on their behalf, would you move in response to their heart cry? They have a need. And won't you keep your word and grant them their request? Won't you do as you have said here in Mark Chapter 11, verse 24, won't you do it, Lord? It goes without saying that you will not give us things which are sinful, things that cost Jesus his very life on the cross. And so we don't come to you brazenly. We're not willfully steeped in sin and wanting your blessings on what's rotten. We come asking you to grant answers to our prayers that are in line with your kingdom. Bring freedom to people's lives. Bring salvation to our loved ones. Bring revival to our communities provide jobs supernaturally, even when we are not seemingly qualified. Give your children those positions in those jobs because they're asking for them. Stretch finances miraculously. You can do it. You can do it. Heal your people of illnesses and diseases just because we come to you asking for it, knowing that you can do it. We choose to believe that we're going to receive the things for which we pray today. We choose to believe that. And you, Lord, you deserve all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. That's all yours, Lord, and we give it to you freely. We pour out our praise because you are so worthy. Thank you for teaching us how to pray, and thank you for calling us to simply believe. May we always pray in belief and always know for certain that you hear and you answer. Thank you for the blessing that we have in prayer. May we pray daily boldly and in ways that advance your kingdom as we await the day of your return. I pray all of this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 
Thank you so much for listening today. And I'd love it if you shared this episode with someone that might be encouraged by it or left a rating or a view of the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for joining me as we work to grow in our faith and in our prayer life. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today on the prayer podcast. It's a blessing to read what the Bible says about prayer and then to be able to pray with you. Remember to always pray and never give up. See you back here next time.